When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You're listening to a Score North podcast right now, and if you're a business owner, so are your customers. In fact, I could be talking about your business right now, telling the tens of thousands of loyal fans about you and sending them to your business. Find out how you can partner with your favorite Score North podcast. Visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. Fill out the form, and we'll get in touch with you quickly. Once Phil, Judd, Declan, or others start talking about your company, you'll be amazed at how many fans start showing up. So visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. Get in the know, non-stop Vikings talk. It's Purple Daily on Score North and scorenorth.com. Purple Daily, presented by Surly Brewing Company. Purple Excess is what it is. Zolgad, Chip Scoggin, Star Tribune Sports columnist, Declan Goff, brought to you by our friends, as you just heard at Surly Brewing. Also, TCL TV, making uh, one of the great TVs of all time for watching sports. So we appreciate their sponsorship. All right, uh, Chip Scoggins, let's get right to it here. You were uh, at the press conference yesterday. I watched the entire thing. Uh, you then uh, penned a column about the defense and about the uh, personnel shortcomings as well. So where where do you stand on the question du jour of the day, which Gavin O'Connell did not answer, which is where do things stand with defensive coordinator Ed Donatel? Yeah, I, I thought there was a chance that uh, they would have fired him and discussed it yesterday, but... Um... You know, O'Connell said he's still in evaluation mode. Was his uh, term, but I, I still would be surprised if if a move's not made. Um, I think it was just so discombobulated with the communication and um, just how poorly it went with uh, trying to implement that scheme. Mm-hmm. Uh, the column I wrote today is, you know, I went back and looked at their drafting, and yes, Donatello is a, you know probably a poor hire for him right off the bat or a poor fit for what they're trying to do. But I, you know, Judd in, in 15 Spillman drafted Trey Waynes, Eric Kendricks, Daniel Hunter with his first three picks. That, that's a home run hire for a, for a draft there. When you get, uh, you know, two stars and a, and a quality um, cornerback. But since then they have drafted 36 defensive players. And not one of them would I classify as a high-end premier uh, player. Um, only 14 of them are remaining. And of those 14, only one of them started, would you, you would say, is a full-time starter, and that's Cam Bynum. That's a problem. They've, they've, had, too many, they've had too many empty drafts. I mean, they, yep. they've lost so much talent. So what, is, what, is, what that forced, and probably Zimmer, not probably, uh, Zimmer had a hand in this, is let's get older guys that I trust. And so they relied on this older core. And, and and they were good players. Eric Kendricks was a great player for them. Um, but they've they've had they've had to plug holes with free agents and expensive players um because they haven't drafted and developed it nearly well enough on defense. So that has contributed to it. Um and so now it's on Quasi that you have to you have to nail these next couple drafts because they need to replace the because you know, Quasi said, I, "I, you know, I'm optimistic about our young core, and you know, I feel good about them." 
And my question would be, Judd, what young player on defense that's not an established starter are you excited about right now? Brian Asamoah? I mean, he's who we talk about now because, well, Scene wasn't starting, and then he got hurt. So, like, the jury's out there. We don't know about him. Yeah, we don't know about him. Yeah, well, I don't don't know about Booth, too. They traded up in the second round to get him, and he's hurt most of the time. Yeah, Caleb Evans has had three concussions. Can you count on him? Um, And so there's not this next wave of young talent that you know that you feel, okay, we've seen it. We know – I mean – we like what we see from Brian Osamoa, but he hasn't, I mean, he's been a part-time, he's a backup so far, you know, what can he be when he's a starter and having to play the full game? So it's, I mean, I think they're going to have a new defense coordinator. That would be my guess, but it goes deeper than that. Oh, it absolutely does. In fact, let's go to the, the head, head coach's uh, role in, in this too, because I mean, as Kevin continues to say, and he's right, I'm now responsible for all three phases of the game. I'm not just responsible for offense and chipper on Monday's shows on uh, on PD, we all give a, a bold statement, a hot take. So, like, the, the hottest flamethrowing take that you could possibly have <laughs> coming off the, the previous game and, and what we've seen. And my take on Monday after the Giants game was this. I think for 2022, Kevin O'Connell was as negligent when it came to the defense as Zimmer was, who we killed for being negligent on offense and here's where i think it starts and this sort of goes back to your point about the deeper root of the problems you know you had an idea and a dream of a scheme that you loved because offensively it gives you problems but you never had the right personnel to play it too and ed couldn't adjust now that's on ed but you know i this this to me was very much akin to childress in 2006 i'm going to install the west coast you have west coast guys brad i it still works damn it yeah i agree um I mean, that's what that's the thing I'm curious about. Is he married to this scheme? Is that what he wants and, and maybe just doesn't have the, the right coordinator or the right personnel? But I agree that it just – you can't tell me that the Daniil Hunter drop-off early in the year that where he was just basically invisible was all rust coming back from the injury. Um, you know, Eric Kendricks looked like a different player. Maybe he hit a cliff physically, but he looked like a different player. I just think that they didn't – that he said, this is the scheme I want. I love it. It's the Vic Fangio, uh, Vic Fangio defense. It's worked everywhere. It's hard to go against. And so it's not – you can't just plug in anybody right. and think that it's going to work. And I think the winning masked the problems and the, close, the euphoria of the close wins. And when they had that uh, – Really bad performance was it uh, the Detroit game where he was so vocal that week afterwards, uh, O'Connell? That's when he finally was forceful about it, like, "Hey, you're you're being too predictable. Where you know this is not going well." And it's like, I, I don't know that he neglected it behind the scenes, but it felt like that's when he finally stepped up and said, "I got to take more ownership of this and be more vocal about what I want Ed doing and how I want that defense to look." Because he said, "We need to bring more pressure. We need to stop being so predictable." So. I don't know that if those conversations were taking place before then, but it was it was stark in how his uh, approach changed that week and how vocal he became about the defense. 
Yeah, and you know they came back with what a decent game after that, and it felt like then he took his foot off the pedal again. And Ed, Ed was always going back, and this is where I fault Ed, and where Ed should basically uh, not be brought back. But you know, Ed clearly said, "Well, I'll just continue to run what I do." And you know, it was just just from from our view, Chip. You know, being people that cover the team, it was so obvious that they didn't have the speed on defense to justify what they were trying. Like, I know what they were trying to do. And yes, it does work if you have the right people, but you know, and on Sunday, explain this to me, who in from O'Connell on down to who in their right mind before Asamoah suffered the concussion on special teams, who after Asamoah played 27 snaps and was pretty effective against the giants on Christmas Eve, Asamo wasn't playing again. Hicks was playing the whole game. And I'm like, what are you doing? And then he got hurt. And, and and the the mantra was, well, he got hurt. He couldn't play. It's like not before he got hurt. Yeah. Not before like, the concussion. Yeah. That was that was a very Zim like, I don't trust young guys. You know, I'm, I'm sticking mm-hmm. with the older guys. And but there were a couple plays from Sunday, Judd, that just were alarming. There was the one touchdown that went, I can't remember who it was, but it went towards the giant sideline. And Eric Kendricks, it was a fake, and he bailed out the misread it or just had the wrong communication about what he was supposed to be doing, just went the exact opposite way. And then the Harrison Smith blitz where he went with the running back and it was the quick pitch to, to Saquon Barkley. And you, John, I don't think I've ever seen Harrison Smith do that or look that bad yep, in, in a read. And so I don't know. Yep. Is that, is that Harrison? Is that the scheme that um, it, it was just so unusual for him to look that bad in a read in a play and, and same thing with Kendricks and it's just like are they just so confused by this scheme and then that they're you know it's just a bad fit for all the personnel is it because these guys are old and slower and just not as good as they once were I don't know I think it's probably a little bit of both but yep Judd it, it feels like honestly they need to just blow the whole thing up that defense and you know you got to get faster I mean the it, it was pitch and catch with Daniel Jones and his receivers. And how wide open were those guys? Even the one, you know, the one that um, Darius Slayton dropped. I mean, there's no one around the guy in a, in a moment of truth in that game. Um, there was too many times where how many explosive plays did that defense give up over 20 yards this season? Oh, God. I bet, I bet they were close to the league lead. Yep. And, and that's, and that's for guys as for one being, soft coverage and two just being out of position and I is that scheme is that you know communication and not knowing what you're supposed to do in the roles I think it's I think it's probably all that and that that brings us to a very interesting point though Chip because yes the defense I I don't know how you're going to if you're not going to change the scheme I don't know how you're going to find the amount of guys it's going to take uh to bolster it because you can't be 31st in defense so all of that being said, it's sort of a very interesting choice that this team with Quasi O'Connell and O'Connell is going to have now too, right? Because the offense yeah. is sort of, it, it's ready to pop. I, I mean, Kirk's yeah. coming back. Uh, Justin Jefferson's fantastic. You could ideally use a two at receiver to replace Thielen, but Parkinson, you know, it, yeah. it's got some nice components there. It's ready to rock. And I'm with you. The defense is sort of a rebuilding track. So like, how how do you try to negotiate this whole thing? Because the one thing Quazy brought up, and it's not his idea, it comes from the Wilfs, and Chipper, we've covered it for a long time. The Wilfs mandate is always be competitive. Yeah, and that's where you wonder, because, John, I keep coming back to this. 
eleven and zero is an anomaly that in one score games you, that's not sustainable. You're not going to duplicate it. it. It's a freak year. Realistically, shave five off of that, and that's probably what they were. They probably were a nine and eighteen, and, and give them credit for winning that. But um, yeah, the worst. Maybe them or Detroit were the two worst defenses in the NFL. You know, I mean, they gave up what? Oh, yeah, it's awful. Some 28, uh, 31st in yards, 28th in points. Yep. Um, but here's the problem. Salary cap is an issue. You got to figure out what you want to do with these bloated contracts. And they got four picks. Now they'll probably get some compensatory picks, yeah. and maybe you can trade a player to get picks. I, you know, you can find ways to add picks, and I think Quasi mentioned that yesterday, but um, you know, there's other you, you got to address your interior line too. So it's not like you can just focus on defense, defense, defense the whole time. Um, so I don't think that this is a one year fix. I don't know that's a two year fix. I think it's going to be when he said competitive rebuild. I think we're going to see the rebuild part right now. Um, and because you have to, Judd. I mean, this defense is not. You can't just keep plugging it with veteran free agents that. Um, you're hoping to squeeze more out of, you know, right. you need to start replenishing this with young talent. It's It's got to happen right now. And so will the Wills be willing to accept that reality that, Hey, yes, we won 13 games and it was great, but more than likely this is going to be a step back as we try to retool the defense. I don't know about that chip. I don't know. Like we've never seen them accept that before. They, their, their whole, their whole goal in life is to, for this team to be as competitive as possible. Cause they, they think, and I just don't agree with this. They think if you get in the, uh, the tournament, as it's called, that yeah. you've got a chance. Um, it, it, that's now you've got a chance to win a game. And I mean, in fact, the Vikings should have won on Sunday, but their defense cost them dearly. And so, so did the check down on fourth and eight. But all of that being said, you know, if you win a game, you're going to get beat by San Francisco. So, so that's what yeah. this gets back to is what do what do the Wilfs really want? And I think they just like, you know, I think they look at 13 wins and think, well, we had a chance. I think they like being competitive, and everybody does. And I'm not saying because with the talent they have on offense, I don't think that they're going to bottom out and be like what the Bears were. You know, I would just be very surprised by that. They're too good offensively and too have too much skill and firepower there on offense to just be a three-win team, right? But you can't continue to have the worst defense or one of the worst defenses and think you're going to be division champs. I mean, you have to, you have to replace a lot of that talent. And so, or find a scheme that fits the talent if you're not going to be able to overhaul it. Um, And that's why I'm curious is let's say he does fire Donatel. Does he find another three four disciple that that you know is he married to this scheme and just feels like Ed didn't run it properly or I, know. I wonder what I wonder what O'Connell's evaluation is is like hey this scheme will work the personnel we just didn't put him in the right positions or is he telling him hey we don't have the right personnel for the scheme we really have to blow that thing up yeah and then the question too is who tells Kevin that? Quasi's not going to like does Ryan Grigson say like somebody who knows more about defense than Kevin which by the way is very very possible that there are people in that building that know more about defense including Mike Patton. Patton, Patton, yeah. yeah who tells him Kevin you know what you're like if you're gonna do this this is gonna take some time still 
Because you know that's the patience thing. What was the what was the number he threw out yesterday, Judd? That they they were only in that three four base twenty five eight percent of the time. Is yeah, that that's I, yes, it, it's accurate, but it's it's a fa- it's a falsehood to hide behind because the thing about it is it's not the base; it's the scheme of what you're asking the base. To, it's it's sure. like West Coast. West Coast offense has variations all over the place, but if you don't have the right people, it's going yeah. to struggle. If you have the wrong quarterback, he's going to struggle. So. Yeah, O'Connell's trying to say, well, we played a lot of four, three, two. It doesn't matter. It's what watch what what the linebackers couldn't do. That's yeah. a consistent ask. They never yeah. adjusted back to say, you know what, screw it. Here's what Eric yeah. Hendricks does well. Well, and the, you know, so much of it is your corners too, and, and just the yeah. way they had those guys play off and it was soft and the you know, just don't get beat over the top and I mean it, it was just too easy for quarterbacks to pick that apart, even bad quarterbacks or quarterbacks that would offenses that were not explosive, just kind of pedestrian lit them up. And so that, that to me tells you it's, it's both one, the way you were playing and two, either players are not good enough or they don't understand what they're supposed to be doing within that scheme. Yeah. When we got to the end of the season, it was, I think around the time of that debacle in Detroit and somebody, I think it was Donatel said, yeah, Daniil's still adjusting. It's like, okay, no, 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 no. <laughs> this like if I'm O'Connell, I never want to hear that. No, no, no. Training camp. Cool. But yeah. don't be mentioning this in December, dude. Well, that's the thing. It's like the offensive guys weren't saying that. And then right. and how complicated was that offense? Um, right. I think that was a cover for whatever, just trying to deflect, you know, attention from how bad it was, but yeah, I'm I'm curious to see because I just don't think I don't think he'll stick with Donatel. I mean, I'll be surprised if he does. Because I mean, if he does, if he does say we're staying with him, is that really a vote of confidence after you you know you, you passed up a chance to guarantee he'll be back yesterday? <laughs> you know, you yeah, say you're still no. Back. I think he's gone. <laughs> I evaluate he's coming. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Yeah, I agree completely. So what what were your other uh, broad takeaways from the uh, end of season presser? Um, wasn't a whole lot of insight. Uh, you know, the, I asked him about Justin Jefferson and and um, how you're going to manage that within your salary cap. And Quasi said, not a problem. That's a champagne problem. Um, it said they've already had dialogue with his part, but Adam Schefter came back real quickly after that from sources and said, no, no, they hadn't started negotiations. So what's the definition of dialogue and negotiations? But I assume that'll um, you know, that'll turn uh, hot and heavy here this offseason. That's going to be, I mean, to me, Hill got, what, $30 million average in his in his contract? Yep. That's got to be a starting point, right? It's going to be $30 million or more for, for Jefferson. Um, so that would kick in not, if he, if he signs it, that'd kick in in 24, correct? Uh, no, it would kick in in 25 because they'll they'll exercise the option. I, I What I was told is they will exercise the option on the fifth year, which Ooh, will get yeah, him more. That, so that, that doesn't replace that? That doesn't get wiped out. I thought okay. the same thing, and then I asked around, and I was told, no, that, that'll pay him more, and then in 25. So basically what you're – so now the plan has to be, what's the transition from Kirk to the next quarterback? Because I don't think you can afford to pay oh. Justin Jefferson and Kirk Cousins the same salary. No, because you can't have two quarterback salaries on your on your payroll. It doesn't right. work. Um, so you're going to have to have a, you know, that's that's the thing that they're going to have to. The succession plan is um, Kirk will be here this year, right? Obviously, twenty three. 
then do you draft for 24 to start or do you give right. him Kirk another year and then have a red shirt year for the quarterback? Um, that's what I'm curious to see how they, what they, how they lay it out to cousins. And I think cousins would probably go along with that in his stage of his career. Um, he'll be, you know, just one more, two more years. Hey, groom this young kid. And he knows he's going to be replaced at some point. Right. Um, and that they have to, t- I mean, he's not, Good question. I don't know. He's he's not dumb. He knows they can't have him and Jefferson on the payroll at the same time. You know, it's just it's not going to work. Yeah. And, and the other thing is, if the left tackle keeps developing the way he's developing, oh god, yeah, that's gonna that's gonna be a whopper of a contract too. So yeah, um, that's you know three years down the line. But yeah, well, that I guess that that does help some because I I was I don't know why I was thinking that the, the extension would take place in you know. Over the fifth year, so I thought it'd be twenty four. But if it's twenty five, that I think that gives them more time and flexibility to figure it out. And this is also going to put it on O'Connell mainly, I, I think, too, because you know one of the reasons among if, if there was a list of reasons why KOC got this job, one was find a quarterback. So yeah. like that's part of the mission too. Like the, the they said, <sighs> hey, you know what? We think that you can make Kirk Cousins a. a better quarterback and for the most part he did definitely but I also think they they said you know we have not really had a franchise quarterback for an extended period since Fran Tarkington and we think that you can find that guy the the interesting thing is Judd is like ideally you're in the top 10 so you get the guy you want and not the fifth guy you know if you're if you're because that's the thing it's like where they're picking now you're not going to want to pick a quarterback there probably because you know the top ones are going to fly off the off right. the board. When are you going to get up into that to that territory? I wonder. I could they trade in into that territory in twenty four? That's could, the one thing I was yeah. thinking about because you'll have more capital at that point to trade. You know, now you got you got four picks, but I wonder if yeah. that would be you know a Justin Fields like Bears trade, which you have to explored. Because if you're going to be competitive and and maybe not 13 wins, but, you know, a fringe playoff team and you're um, you haven't completely bottomed out. um, You know, the quarter, the top quarterbacks are always going to go in the top 10. And so somehow you're going to have to figure out a way to get up there. And uh, the Bears are coming at some point in time. (laughs) Like you look at that roster, it's awful now, but, you know, fields, draft picks capital with the salary cap they did what you know a lot of people wanted the vikings to do when they when they turned over the the regime they wanted them to really be bad and you know accumulate great draft picks and shed veterans and and um the owners had a different idea they looked at this roster and still thought there was more to get and i'm I'm curious to see who goes and and who stays uh this offseason i like i if you ask me today, I don't think Dalvin's back, and I don't think Kendrick's back, or is back. Yep. Thielen, the nineteen million cap hit's way too high. Um, his wife, I know his wife I know, basically said he's miserable. I know there's been some social media chatter from his wife. Um, so, but you can't. I mean, Judd, he's he's basically your fourth option at this point. Mm-hmm. I mean, even if he takes a pay cut, like to what degree do you want to? pay a guy a lot, you know, to be your fourth option. And I think, I agree with you. I think you said it a little while ago. It's like, they need to find a speedy number two. Yes. Receiver. 
Jameson Williams. Is <laughs> that's what they need to find a guy like that? <laughs> so that would, I mean, you have to have a you know long conversation about where Thielen even fits in the you know in the pecking order, regardless of his salary. Um, Harrison Smith's an interesting one. He's nineteen million cap hit. Um, I mean, I, you just don't know what Lewis Seen's going to be, Judd. I mean, how do you mm-hmm. plan? How do you know if he's going to be ready physically, or not? Just it wasn't like he was knocking on the door to be the starter when he was healthy, right? He was a special right. teams guy. So, how do you project what you think you're going to get from him coming off that injury? I, I don't know. Great stuff, Chipper. We will talk to you soon, man. Thank you very much. All right, brother. All right.